Cool. Well, I have to say, you know, being used to the 11.15 service, 9.15 is pretty early, isn't it? It's an early start. Um, so, Rich and I, uh, over the next couple of weeks, are going to be um, sharing something of what we feel is the, the vision and values of Hope Church. And uh, so, um, yeah, that's, that's the plan for today. And I always feel it's a bit nervous of these things, because you want to sort of get it right, and you want to inspire people. And, uh, and I made the mistake when planning it to... Um, uh, to have a watch of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, uh, where he paints these uh, beautiful pictures uh, with words uh, that inspire us. Uh, he, says, he says, America has given a blank check, um, uh, or bad check to the, to the black people of, of America insufficient, with insufficient funds, but we refuse to believe that Bank of Justice is bankrupt. It's, it's a great image, isn't it? Uh, I have a dream uh, that one day my four little children will be judged by the colour of their, not be judged by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character. Um, what, a, what great kind of words that sort of inspire us. And, and my ambition is that um, these little words I've got to say today <coughs> uh, will in some way inspire us and paint a little bit of a picture. Now, my plan is not to paint a detailed picture today. Uh, we feel like... Um, you know, we've been, we've been, you know, for this last season, it's been about getting into this building, and we've put a lot of effort into that. We've, uh, the vision we've been casting is getting the granary uh, for the last couple of years, maybe even longer than that. Uh, and, uh, and it feels like now's the time we're in, we're here, now's the time to dig into God for the detail of this next season. What, what faith goals has he got for us? What mountains does he have for us to climb in this next season? But that's more the detail. What I want to do today is paint some sort of broad brush uh, pictures uh, of, of what we feel this is what we're about. This is the vision. This, this is what Hope Church stands for. This is where we're going as a church. And, uh, and, and so we, we've identified some time ago three uh, headings uh, that shape us and that inspire us and that lead us. And that are the things. This is what we're doing. This is what we as a church are all about. And I'm guessing some of you... Uh, are new in the last kind of couple of years? Hands up if you're new in the last couple of years to Hope Church. Yeah, you see, let's give them a welcome clap, the rest of us, shall we? <clears throat> uh, so you may not have heard much about this stuff. So we're, we're going to sort of uh, dig into some of this. Some of you will be hearing stuff that is familiar to you. You've heard it before. Uh, but I want you to be freshly inspired uh, by the things uh, that God has called us to do. And, um, you know, the, the, fir- the first one is... That we at Hope Church are to be those that pursue God. And I know that's a fairly obvious thing to say, isn't it? Because if you're a Christian, that's sort of what you're supposed to do, isn't it? But there's something of an intent to pursue the presence of God, to know him. Uh, what we do, we, we gather here, don't we? We sing songs, we gather in, in the week, we do youth work, we do different things, uh, we're doing things. And all of those things are a means to an end. They're not the end. In fact, religion generally makes, makes the things that we do the end, doesn't it? Whereas actually to be an on-fire believer is to pursue the presence of God first and foremost. Uh, Moses, when he was, uh, had been, he'd been leading the people in the, in the wilderness, in the desert, and, uh, and there was this moment, the people had, you know, he'd smashed the, the stone tablets 
And uh, the people had basically built this calf to worship uh, an idol. And it was all going a little bit wrong. And Moses got into the presence of God and said, God, you, you know me by name, but I want to know you by name. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. And then we have this wonderful moment. Richard referred to it earlier on. We have this wonderful moment where, where God says, I come up the mountain and I will, I will pass by you. My glory will pass by you. And it's that where we get this Yahweh, which we trans, our Bible is often translated the Lord, but the name of God, Yahweh, Yahweh. He spoke his name in Moses' presence, uh, the, the gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. Uh, and, uh, and that's God revealing himself. And our quest, above all else, uh, as a church, is to, is to be on the quest to know God, to be on the quest to pursue his presence, his glory. God, thank you that we found favor in your eyes. Thank you that you've given us a building. Thank you that you've given us each other, and we're a family, and we're friends, and we're cultivating those things. But God, above all else, show us your glory. Show us your glory. Forbid it, God, that what we do becomes predictable. Forbid, forbid it, God, that what we do becomes something we could do without your glory, without your presence. Uh, we want to be a church that, that does the stuff, that does what only the, the stuff that, you know, if God wasn't with us, we wouldn't be able to do it. Anybody with me? Yeah. You'd, have to, you'd have to stay with me. I've been used to um, the encounter crowd. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you, they're a little bit more, a little bit more responsive. Uh, so, so, um, so if I'm if I'm sort of freezing a little bit, it's because I'm waiting for someone to shout something at me. Um, but uh, so, what does it look like? What is it if we unpack that? If we unbolt it, what does it look like for us to be those that pursue God, pursue the presence of God? And I think probably one of the the first and the highest priorities of being a people that pursue the presence of God is to be a people of worship. Uh, to be people that are, we used, to, we used to say we're called to be red heart worshippers uh, of Jesus. And that's, that's what we're about. And I, I, I'll be honest, I, I feel like, uh, I feel a little bit like possibly Matt Redman felt when he, when he wrote a song, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. You, you know, some, I think we can, we, can easily, we can easily sing a bunch of songs and feel like we've worshipped. Can't we? Do you know what I mean? And, and we can go through the motions. I think Richard often says, sometimes if we're not careful, we thread the words into our eyes and out of our mouth and nothing much else in between. And uh, there's something, there's something of getting into his presence and worshipping him, uh, lifting up his name. I'm, I'm trusting that, that as we do that, yes, there will be great music, great worship leaders. Do you know what I mean? But that is, those, are, those are very secondary there's something about a people that are coming ready, ready to get into the presence of God and to worship him because they've met him, because they've been near him, because he's revealed something of his glory to them. And, and I'm, I'm longing for us to, I don't know how to describe it really, but there to be a, a greater sense of the body coming together to worship. I love that we're doing the 24-hour prayer and Colin's doing the worship nights uh, and so on. It's tomorrow night. Um, so big plug for Colin's worship night tomorrow. Exactly. And that's what we're about, isn't it? Thank you, Colin. Um, 
you know, because it's, it's beyond the songs. That's what I'm trying to get to you. It's beyond the songs. It is like Moses had, a, a, a burning desire. God, I want to see your glory. God, I want to know you. God, I want to pursue you. I want you to be my focus and my goal of, above all other else. And as we do that, when we come together to worship him, we're not waiting for someone to lead us into that. We are worshiping him. When, when uh, Peter and John had been released from jail for, for healing a cripple at the, at the gate, beautiful, they went back and reported what the chiefs and the elders had said, and they lift up their voices together. Um, and uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God for, for us to grow in our corporate ability to lift up our voices together in worship, and that each one of us get a voice and worship God. And, and, and we're trusting for the Holy Spirit to be hovering over our meeting, and God will use one over here to sing a tongue or a word or, or contribution. Somebody else over here will read a scripture. That it won't be uh, the leaders leading us. Uh, it will be us together worshipping and pursuing him. Anybody resonate with yeah. this? Thank you. If you could just try and be a bit more encountery, that would be great. Um, so, so worship, and it's so much more than the songs. That One of my favourite quotes about worship is from a guy called William Temple, uh, who, who said this, to worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to feed the mind with the truth of God, to open the heart to the love of God, and to devote the will to the purpose of God. Shall I read it again? To worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to feed the mind with the truth of God, to open the heart with the love of God, and to devote the will to the purpose of God. That's what it is to worship. And uh, for us to be, uh, to prioritize, and, and, I, and I would say it's our first uh, priority is to be a p- pursuers of God is to do this you know to have our conscience quickened um, by the holiness of God there are moments aren't there there are moments this last week when we were at the encounter camp where the, where the presence of God was there and he, and he quickened our consciences with the holiness of God um, you know and there are times when, when through reading the Bible on our, on our own but also hearing God, the, the word preached that our minds are being awakened um, to the truth of God and our hearts are being drawn by the love of God. And as a result, our wills are, are, are being given to the purposes of God. And that's what it is to worship God. Um, part of that pursuit of him, to, be a, you know, to pursue his presence, is also prayer. It feels like God's speaking to us at this moment as a church about getting into his presence and seeking him. Um, we've been doing, we're, we're, we're going to resume it again in September uh, because everyone's away in August and it doesn't, doesn't tend to work so well. Uh, but in, in September, we're, we're resuming again 24 hours of prayer. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I'd encourage you to book slots. Uh, I would really love us to do that once a week. Okay, there's no whoops. Oh, there was a whoop. Um, I, I, would lo- I, I don't know whether we can, because we see, I don't want to book it and then it, the, the space is not be filled, but I feel like that God is pulling us in that direction. Um, do you know what I mean? To, to learn what it is to seek him and to pray. Uh, and, and we sang a song at the beginning, that, that strength will come as we wait upon the Lord. And, and something about waiting on him for his presence. God, speak to us. God, lead us. 
And uh, we can't, we, what we can't do is, is lead a community, lead a church, and, and grow as a church on what we think is going to work. Pragmatism. That doesn't work. I mean, it sort of gets you so far, doesn't it? But if you, if you took out all of the bits in the Bible that, that would not have been done pragmatically, let me explain what I mean. Do you know what I mean? So, so Joshua has, got, has now got the, uh, the walls of Jericho to defeat, hasn't he? Right? And, uh, and if he'd sat down as a team and they thought, well, what's going to work? Right? They'd be thinking, right, we've got to get, somehow we've got to get a jackhammer under those foundations and we've got to try and undermine those foundations uh, with, with some sort of, uh, you know, pneumatic drill or something. Um, or we've got to sort of ram the walls. Uh, and that's what you'd have come up with pragmatically. You would never in a million years have thought, I know what we'll do. We'll play instruments while we walk around it seven times. That'll do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But that, that's what they did because God said. So you're listening, pursuing him, listening to him, seeking him, and then doing what he says is what's going to do it for us. Deciding what we think is going to work ain't going to do it. If we want to press into the things of God that are impossible without him. And, uh, you know, Gideon is a, is a good example, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Well, Gideon sat down with his, with his, his officers and his team, uh, and they've got a massive army in front of them, and they've got an okay army, uh, size-wise. And, uh, and then somebody on the team says, I know what we should do. With, you know, I know there's loads more of them than us, but I think there should be less of us. Good idea, Gideon, somebody would say. Do you know what I mean? It's a ridiculous thing to do, but it was what God said because it was God's glory that was being sought. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 and we've, got to, we've got to learn to step into the pursuit of God that will lead us into the ridiculous, <laughs> that will lead us into stuff that we cannot do um, because God's spoken. And we, we get that when we are, with all of us as a community, are people that pursue him with all of our hearts. And so, so worship is a part of that. Prayer is an important part of that. Uh, the kind of prayer that we're saying, we're not just coming to him, although that's important to come to him with a list, but we're not just coming to him with a list. We're coming to him to wait on him. Father, what do you want to do? What's your plan? John Wimber um, gave a prophecy years and years ago. Some of you won't even know who John Wimber is, but years ago gave a prophecy, and the prophecy was God wants his church back. And I feel like he might, be, he might be saying that to the Western church at this time. God wants his church back. You know, he, he, it's his church, isn't it? So here we are this morning. God, you do whatever you want. What do you want to do, God? Let's come with that approach, that attitude, as we come to him in prayer. And, uh, and grow in the prophetic. I'm thrilled uh, that... Gordon uh, and, and uh, Jeff Steady have been doing uh, prophetic gatherings um, and, uh, and gathering and training people and learning together. Because uh, as, we, as we seek his presence, the pro- we, need the, we need to hear the voices of the prophets speaking uh, and bringing in something of the presence of God. And we want to grow in that. Uh, we also, a part of that, so it's worship, it's prayer, but it's, as part of that, we also want to experience him, don't we? Do you know what I mean? He, he's, he, you know, he's invited us to taste and see that the Lord is good. And, and, and Moses, it wasn't, it wasn't enough for God to just say, I will be with you for Moses. Do you know what I mean? It, it, he wanted to see him. He wanted to experience his glory. And, uh, and, and God is calling us at this time to press in again 
to experience his presence. I don't, I don't mean for the sake of goosebumps and feeling nice, although feeling nice is better than feeling bad, isn't it? But I mean experiencing his presence so that we get revelations such that Moses had. Gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. Where God, that was God telling Moses what he's like. I have to sit at God's feet and him to tell me, this is what I'm like. And then then let let me show you. And God passed by Moses and saw his glory. If Moses saw that, how much more should we in the new covenant experience and see and taste and feel the glory and the presence of God? And uh, so God is calling us. Uh, it's, not just, it's not just a little strap line on our, on our website. God is calling us to be, every one of us, to be pursuers of him. That is our number one call as a church, to pursue God. <clears throat> and as we do that, he's calling us <clears throat> to exploits, as we hear his voice, to obey, to do what he says. I mean, the Christian life actually is, in in many ways, is very simple, isn't it? Listen to God and do what he says. How many of us have sort of lost the art of it? Listen to what he says and do it. Do you know what I mean? Obedience. You you know, we we, we, we know, we do get ourselves busy with stuff. The modern world, the modern life keeps us going, doesn't it? There's always something to do. There's always a screen to look at. There's always a something to do. There's always another job to do. There's always something, you know, a memory to make. Or this, what, you know, the stuff that we've got to do. But ultimately, we're followers of Jesus. Therefore, we follow. Yeah. Okay? And so, and so I, want you to, I want you even now to be thinking, right, okay, what, what was the last thing I did that was a follower, that was a follow? What was the last thing I did that was an obedient step? Yeah. What was the last thing I did? Jesus spoke to me, and, I, and, I, and I, so I went and did it. It sounded crazy, sounded unplausible, but, I, but God spoke and I did it. Have, have a think about it. You know, the, the, the other week, <clears throat> I don't know if I shared this story or not, the other week I was preparing some talks, and, um, and, and, I, and I, I was, my head was a bit fried, and I, I went, went for a walk by the river, mainly hoping that the ice cream van was there, um, <laughs> and, and it wasn't there. And, then, and I felt a nudge from the Holy Spirit, a little nudge from the Holy Spirit to say, why don't you ask that guy on that bench if he's okay? And I, and I argued with God a little while, because I said, God, I'm preparing these talks for you. Could you could, could, we're not doing that right now. Uh, and uh, it took about five, ten minutes for God to persuade me, uh, or for me to at least submit. Uh, and, and so I went and said, you know, hi, uh, I'm, I'm praying. You know, the Holy Spirit's just given me a little nudge to ask if you're okay. You're okay. So please sit down. And he wasn't okay. Very lonely, desperate, uh, was in this country from Ghana, been in the country for a couple of months, uh, hadn't made any friends, was feeling a bit backslidden because he hadn't found a church, but frankly, he hadn't really looked for one either, um, uh, and, and was just feeling a bit lost. In fact, that's the word he said, I was feeling, I was feeling lost. And, um, and so I said, well, we went for a walk. I said, come, on, come back to our church and I'll show you the church. You can come on Sunday. Uh, tell me about your church. We're chatting. I played a game of pool with him. I play pool for a living these days. Thanks for paying me for that. Um, and we, had, we, we played a game of pool. Uh, and I said, tell me about your church. And he got his phone. He showed me a picture of him at, his, at a drum kit drumming. Well, what he didn't know is the Sunday before, I was in the worship thinking, we could do with a drummer, God. 
I mean, the worship, the music was fine. I don't know who was leading worship. Can't remember. Can't remember, honestly. The worship was fine. But I said, we could do with a drummer. God, I, and I said to, this is what I said to God on that Sunday. God, you could give me a drummer next week. This, you, you, know, you are able to do this stuff. You could give me a drummer next week. And, uh, and our, my friend came that, the next week, and then we had a word about Africa and different things, and he drummed. And he's been drumming ever since in our 1115. Um, so, so something about the adventure of just simply being available to God, doing what he says. This is what pursuers of God look like. That's what I mean. And I want to ask you, when was the last adventure that you had where God told you to do something and you, didn't re- you felt nervous and you did it? Mm-hmm. Answers on a postcard. <clears throat> so, first thing, in terms of the broad brush thing, is we're called to be pursuers of God. And that is, to be honest with you, I could, I could drop the mic now because actually if we do that, everything else will follow. To pursue him for what he is, not for what we think he's like. We're, we're very good at making God in our own image. We're very good at, at, at telling God what we think he should do. No, pursuing him without our agenda, saying, God, you show me what you're like. God, you show me what you want to do in this next season. So if you just say, what's the vision? What are we going after? Well, we don't know. Because we want him to show us. What would Jesus do? I don't know. Ask him. So I mean, that bracelet goes so far, you can't really guess. I know what Jesus would do. I'll guess what Jesus would do. He'll spit on the ground, make some mud and rub it in someone's eye. No, you wouldn't guess that, would you? Unless you'd read it. But he, but he did unpredictable things. So he's still doing unpredictable things. So therefore, we have to seek him and hear his voice in the now. I think I've laboured it. Second thing um, is uh, that we're called to serve people. I'm not going to spend loads of time on this one. Um, but um, James made it really clear. Do you know what I mean? What's it, you know, about faith without action, without faith without works, is, is useless. It's a waste of time. Jesus, Jesus was really strong on this. Um, Jesus said, if, you know, if you visited someone in prison, you've fed the hungry, you've clothed the naked, then you've done it to me. Way, brilliant. If you haven't, you haven't done it for me. But depart from me is what he said. Say that quietly because it's a bit confrontational. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's Jesus' words, not mine, so it's all right. Do you know what I mean? But there, there is a response, that, you know, as, we, as, we've, as we've met with the glory of God, as we've seen, we've encountered with the grace of God, with the mercy of God, with the compassion of God, with the slow to angerness of God, then there's a response to us to get out and serve people, serve each other and serve people. Um, it's, our, it's, our, it's our job. It's what we are. How, how will they know uh, that, that, that we are his disciples by the way we love one another? And but how do the, they know that we love each other? Because we serve each other. Do you know what I mean? And, and God is calling us to serve one another. And, and I do feel like there's, what I'm saying here is, is, is stuff that we need to look at and think, do you know what? I'm not sure. I'm, I, I've, there's some adjustment that needs to happen in my life. Somehow or other... We've got to find a way in our modern world to follow what Jesus is calling us to do, even though I know we're busy. Do you know what I mean? I know we are. I know we're busy. I know we're under pressure. I know there's lots of stress and lots of challenges, but, but the call of God is still the call of God. And moreover, in occupied Roman territory in, in the first century, they were probably under a bit of pressure then as well, weren't they? 
Do you know what I mean? It wasn't easy then, but somehow or other they found a way. So, you know, so, so we have the example of, we're going to refer to in a minute, you know, Stephen was killed. That was, I mean, that was pressure for the church at that time. He was stoned to death. It's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And many of them were scattered. But here's what they did when they scattered. They served people and they preached the good news of Jesus Christ and many disciples were made. Do you know what I mean? They were under pressure. And uh, God is calling us in our modern world to stand up, isn't he? To stand up and say, do you know what? In amongst it all, I'm, I'm first and foremost, before I'm anything else, I'm a follower of Jesus. And therefore, that, that pursuit of him is going to thrust me to get my hands dirty and get amongst people and serve people. I remember, I remember when we were starting the Dines Green um, uh, uh, outreach and, and uh, um, congregation there. Uh, we'd heard, I'd heard the talk from a guy called Alan Scott. You can listen back to it. Alan Scott spoke at Catalyst Festival some years ago, and he talked about you know, the phases of church development. He talked about for, for many years, the church was a little holy huddle, huddle and they sort, of, they, they sort of knew there was a world out there and it was a world to not be part of. That's as much as they knew. And then God spoke and suddenly they realized, no, we're supposed to be out there. So things like alpha courses and things like that crept, uh, popped up and people started thinking, no, I've, got to, I've now got to make some friends with some non-Christians. Oh, man. And, 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 then, and then we realized that when we do that, there's, there's need. There's quite a lot of need out there. And so things like food banks emerged. And, and food banks now are massive in our, in our country. We're serving people. He said he felt that there was a need for another phase, another development where we not only just serve people, but we serve with people. We get amongst people and we make friends with people and we serve them. You know, a great example of that would be our cafe downstairs where we've got, we've got, a, number, we've got a couple of secular organisations uh, that... that come and work in our cafe two of the two of the staff who now work for other organizations have become christians in the last year because we've served together shoulder to shoulder yeah that's nice well done colin uh, we, we we've been shoulder to shoulder and we've served with them and and they've they've found faith and, and another one of the members of staff spoke to me just a few weeks ago saying you know say could you please can we meet up and I don't have faith, but I want faith. Could you please persuade me to have faith? I said, oh, sorry, I'm busy washing my hair. <coughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's because shoulder to shoulder we served. I want to encourage you, in your world, what is your world? Where are you at? What are you up to? In your world, find opportunities to serve people because as we serve people, people will see something of the gospel. And I know it's small and insignificant. The kingdom is made up of a load of small, insignificant things. Jesus' Jesus's ministry himself was comparatively small and insignificant. You understand what I'm saying? It wasn't insignificant. We know it was. But it looked small and insignificant. Do you know what I mean? So just one act of kindness that you do to another person, inspired, prompted by the love of Jesus, is not small and insignificant. It is the kingdom of God being at work in that, in, in that place. I want to encourage you, look for those opportunities whilst you are pursuing God and being led by the Spirit of God into those situations. And, and, and to be honest with you, too busy is just, we, I can't, we can't use that. We cannot use that. We've, if, if we're too busy, we have to find a way to adjust because the kingdom has to trump the other stuff. All right? Are you with me? The kingdom comes first. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. 
Okay? And that will involve us making some sacrifices. That will involve us handling our finances in a different way. It will. Because we prioritise the kingdom. Because we've submitted our life to Jesus, haven't we? Our lives are not ours, are they? They're his. I'll just let that tick. Just let that... Um, part of serving people, I've already alluded to it, but, but part of serving people, Bill's been speaking to us about it, uh, and if you want to know more about how to do this, Bill's, Bill's will help you with this, won't you, Bill? Um, making dis- <laughs> we're called to make disciples. Do you know what? We, we, we are so preoccupied, particularly as leaders sometimes, with building the church, and we'll get together and we'll talk about it. How can we do this? What will work? What won't work? We think about it. And actually, Jesus said, I will build my church. Yeah. Right? So we think, if we, get, if we busy ourselves building his church for him, then he'll give us some disciples. Duh. No, he said, I will build my church. He said, you go and make disciples. So let's, let's let, let him do his church. It's his church. Let's let him do it. And let's get busy making disciples. Oh. One. Anybody else in? I, mean, I, want you, I want you to feel the weight of this. I want you to ask yourself, which was the last person I, that I had a hand in making into a disciple of Jesus Christ? I want you to feel that. I, I don't want you to be condemned. Do you know what I mean? Because there is no condemn, condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're loved by him. We're, we're his kids, and there's not a thing that any of us can do to not be one of his kids. All right? So we're secure. But I want us to feel the weight of the commission. He's, he's called us. He's made it expressly clear that we are called to go and make disciples. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying look around the room here and think, who can I just make into a little bit better of a Christian, although that is part of it. Jesus, Jesus his, his focus was on the ones out there when he, when, he, when he said that to his disciples. So I want you to think, right, okay, have I made a disciple? I know they're Jesus' disciple. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying now gather a load of people to be like you. No, we're gathering a load of people to be like Jesus. But he said, you go and make disciples. You teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. You baptise them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Didn't he? That's what we've got to do. That's our job. Okay? And I I want you to feel the weight of that challenge. If you have not yet, or not for a long time, made a disciple of Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry, but I want you to feel it. I want you to feel the weight of it. Because it's what we're called to do. It's what it is to serve people. Is that all right? I'm saying it nicely. I'm your friend. It's all right. Do you know what I mean? And, and we'll help you. If you say, Jim, I haven't, I haven't got a clue where to start. Well, that's a good place to start. It's God, do you know what I mean? And say, let's, 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 let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. Let's get into it. So, no, because, because actually the thing that I can't, I can't do as a leader, what I can't train, I can't give you enthusiasm. I can't give you the desire. You've got to do that bit. And we can help with how it works and how to do it. But there's no substitute for you are called to go and make disciples. No substitute for that. All right, okay. We're called to pursue God. That's what we're called to as a church. Okay? And we do all, other th- all sorts of other things, but everything is to serve that, that end, to know God, to pursue him, and to follow him, and to obey him. We're called to serve people. And that is, there's a practical element of serving people, but there is also an element. We are called to make disciples. 
and, uh, and, and you know, the, the Western church is, is floundering a bit on that, on that issue, and we need to find a way. I'll move on to the third point, because uh, the third thing that God spoke to us about is, it, is called exporting hope. And so basically taking that, what I've just talked about, and then taking it elsewhere, exporting it out. Um, have we got our logos? Can we put our logos on the screen? So, so it's not a target. Who knew? Right? The, little, the O um, is supposed to be the ripples on, on, a, on a pond, yes? Can you see it? Uh, and the point is, hope is supposed to go out. And this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a seed that's planted and it grows and it grows and it multiplies and it multiplies. The kingdom of heaven is always supposed to be, uh, what's the word? Expanding? No, centrifugal. Centrifugal. Thank you, Richard. Um, it's supposed to go out. Do you know what I mean? And that's, what, and that's what God has called us to do. And there's many ways that in which we do that. And first and foremost, it's, it's what, what God has put in your heart, the thing that he's spoken to you about, going out to your neighbourhood, to your friends, to your family. That's, so that's a, that's a big part of what it is to export hope, to take it out, for it to go out. So, the, so there's, there's the, the here and the now, the from you as the epicentre, centrifugic, that word, going out. Um, expanding would have been a better word, wouldn't it? Um, there was a particular word that God spoke to us as a church, um, and uh, there was—I think it was in part of Richard's uh, journey. Uh, so, so R- Richard came and led this, started leading this church around about 20, twenty-three years ago, um, and um, and and one of the things he, we pray, he was, Richard was praying about. Sorry, I'm giving your story. One of the things that Richard was praying about before he came here was that he felt, no, it's important that he's called to help build an Antioch church. I will explain what it means in a minute. An Antioch church. As Richard, I think this is true. I don't think I've made this up. But as Richard was driving here to meet with Bruce, who was one of the leaders at the time, um, Bruce had emailed Richard. Is this right? Have I made it up? Yes? It came, as a prophecy, it came as a prophecy to Bruce at the same time that God was calling us to be an Antioch church. Okay? So, so it was one of those things. Richard was driving down thinking, well, this is, a, this is a place stopper if you don't want this. And Bruce was getting an email thinking, Richard, if you don't want this, this is a place stopper. So obviously they, they shared it and thought, no, this is God. God's on it. So God is speaking to us. Um, I, so an anti- what, is it, what, what the dickens is an Antioch church? Uh, okay? So the Antioch church... Um, so it was one of the places, the, the, so when Stephen was uh, stoned, the Christians went, they were scattered, and they preached the gospel in lots of places. Some of them went to Antioch, and many people got saved at Antioch. And as a result of that, the, the, the big cheeses, the apostles in Jerusalem, were looking at and thinking, there's something going on here amongst the Gentiles. That was a big deal. Uh, gospel hadn't really gone. Peter had a moment with the Gentiles, but other than that, the gospel hadn't really gone to the Gentiles. Uh, and, and so they thought, right, who can we send? We'll send Barnabas. We'll send Barnabas to go and check it out. Barnabas went and saw the evidence of God's grace in that place. So, so disciples were being made in that place. Uh, and and it, was at, it was at Antioch where they were first called Christians, incidentally. Um, and, uh, and then Barnabas looked at it and thought, you know what, we need some others here. I think I need to get hold of this guy called Saul, who was a terrorist, come who became a Christian, he came. And from that base, Paul and Barnabas grew and established a centre in Antioch 
that had a mission far beyond its location. It had a mission in its location. Many people were finding faith in Jesus. There was the evidence of God's grace in that location, but they became a base for mission way beyond their location. And that's what it means to be an Antioch church. God is calling us. One of the, you know, one of the questions I've been asking, why has God given us a grain store in the, middle of, in the middle of Worcester? Well, part of why God has given us this facility is so that this could be a training base for mission out there. Do you know what I mean? He's calling us to be on mission locally. And, I want, and most of us will feel the impact of that. And that's what most of us find ourselves doing. Please crack on with it. Uh, but he's also calling us to be a, a resource and a training base for mission to go out. We were praying downstairs um, uh, a few Fridays ago. And, uh, and, I, and I said, look, I feel God's putting on my heart. We've been praying for, I've been praying for some years about a church plant in Kittyminster. So, so a couple of Fridays ago, we were praying... Uh, every, every Friday lunchtime we gather to pray for the encounter congregation. And we were praying for, for that. And then I said, well, do you know what? I'm, can we pray for Kittyminster? I, I want us to plant a church in Kittyminster one day. So we prayed for Kittyminster, said amen, and, and, and almost, almost immediately we said amen. A bloke walked through the door and said, is the, is the pastor here? Uh, and, and I said, well, I'll, you know, I'll do. Um, and, 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 um, and he said, we've got a little group in Kittyminster. We want to plant a church. Could you help us? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with that group, but it was such an encouragement. God is on it. God is speaking to us, and he will open doors. You know, we're, we're laying hands on the couple that we've laid hands on today, and we're sending them uh, to, to other nations. And, and our plan is that they take the gospel, they, they export hope, this, this pursuit of God, this serving of people, they export that to where they go, and we support them. It's it's, it's amazing and it's so beautiful that people have committed to giving and financially supporting them because that is us supporting, you know, exporting hope. Richard travels, goes to different places, going to, well, I don't know, you know, Congo this year, Uganda, possibly Congo. You're having, you're having your holiday, aren't you? Um, so, but, but, um, but, but we, we send Richard to different parts and, and, and the plan is. As, as Richard starts, stops leading the team and I start leading the team, the plan is that we, we give more of Richard's time to go and travel uh, and, and to explore what God has put amongst us and we build things up. We, we were at the encounter camp um, last week and again, the, the, the whole thing, one of the things that um, was really important in the Antioch church was that they remembered the poor and they served the poor and that was a very important part of Paul's ministry and we just did the encounter camp. In fact, why don't we um, just, just a, have a... Oh, time's really gone, isn't it? Just very quickly, run the video for me. This is a little flavour of the encounter camp last week. And then I'll bring it to a halt.
That's just a quick... There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lady on that, on that video, I won't, I won't say which lady it was, but there's a lady that, on the video that she came to Encounter Cup last year and the doctor spoke to me and said, if she doesn't get a breakthrough, she won't be here next year. She won't be alive. And, she, and she, last year she became a Christian. She met with Jesus. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and she came back this year a totally transformed person. Very good. Uh, she stood in front of everyone and testified. Um, so, so this is one of the things that you're doing as we export hope. Uh, but, but beyond that, I'm having conversations. I had conversations this week. There, there were, I think, three or four encounter congregations that have started because of what we do. And, and I'm in conversation with four other locations. We're looking at Manchester, we're looking at Loughborough, we're looking at, at Coventry, and we're looking at Milton Keynes uh, that are starting encounter congregations. You know, we're planting encounter communities on the foundations that God's given us uh, because God has made us an Antioch church. He's given us a resource that he's calling us to multiply. Uh, so, so and, and I think increasingly this is something God is wanting to put in us. So folks... Let's pursue him yeah. with all of our hearts. Not telling him what he's going to do, but being available to whatever he wants to do. It's his church. Let's serve people. Let's find a way in our world. And I know it's hard. I know we're busy. Let's find a way to serve people. Let's find a way to be there making disciples. And let's give ourselves to this mission of, of developing a base here that will be exported all over the world.